0: Welcome to American Redemption, the show where the next generation of American patriots learn to fight back in America's toughest cultural battles. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to American Redemption. Great episode for you today. Just back to the the classic, me and Steve.
1: Back to the grind. It's hardly a grind when it's so fantastic out here. The weather has been cooperating fantastically the last couple days. My morale is really high. Work's been okay. a bit di- work's been a bit difficult, but like, it's just been like that satisfying kind of, you know, you know, you worked the full day, but like, you know, you had fun with it. So
0: that's good, man. I'm in bo- a little bored lately at work, so opposite experience, but glad that is good going well for you. It has been really beautiful. Fall is the greatest, um, and it got. Got my outdoor volleyball league tonight, which is crazy for October, but somehow it's been held like the warm weather has stayed and it's been good so far.
1: I don't know where all these people are like getting like the, the downside of global warming. I'm really enjoying it right now. I'm really leaning in.
0: Yeah. No, I'll take this for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, let's just get into our topic for today. Great topic. I think it's very important. A little bit spicy, you know. Some people might not be able to take the heat here. No, not really. I mean, it's it is controversial, but I think in this audience, it's going to fall on sympathetic ears. I think everyone is going to be. I think everyone will be in agreement, although it might be a slightly different way of thinking about this than uh, you may have before. And it is a little bit silly coming from me. Someone who's not married and does not have children, Stephen, at least, can say he's married and has a kid. So it's, but he's never, re- you know, he hasn't gone through it yet. So it's a little bit silly for us to be making this argument, but I'm okay being a little bit silly because I think it's true and I think it's important. So we're going to be, you know, we'll be a little silly about it, but that's okay. We'll
1: have some fun with it. We'll have some yeah. fun with it.
0: And so. The topic is related to you know family. Having a large family is very important. Uh, what made me think of this topic is the, the what can you do for your country line popped into my head. Um, going back to that JFK speech, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think we have a lot of Americans and a lot of people who want to be Americans who are asking what can America do for me? That's all they want to ask. They want to come here and get something out of this country, whether that's welfare or whether that's money from the government or you know, they want other people to do things to make their experience as an American better, and they don't want to put anything into it to make this country better. So we have a lot of people asking, what can America do for me? And not many people asking, what can I do for this country. And it's because we live in a time when there is no sacrifice that is being asked of Americans. From time to time throughout history, Americans have been called on to make sacrifices for the good of their nation, because the nation is an extension of your own flesh and blood. It's an extension of the family, the community. Uh, In 1776, patriots took up arms and they risked death by musket disease or rope. They would be deemed traitors. Uh, And even those who did not fight made sacrifices. And it is thanks to their sacrifice that we have a nation. During World War II, again, even those who did not fight had to make great sacrifices in their daily lives. There were extreme rations on things like meat, butter, coffee, shoes, and gasoline. I read somewhere that you were allotted two gallons of gasoline a week. So there have been many times Americans have been called on to make sacrifices. They were deemed necessary at the time for the good of the nation. And I think we're fortunate that we do not live in times like these today. There's no war effort demanding all of our resources. And there's no enemy prowling through our streets, capturing cities or burning them down. We live in a very safe time, at least in this country. But we face a different threat, a different existential threat um, that not a lot of people are talking about and nobody wants to do anything for the country nobody knows how to make a sacrifice for the good of the nation so one aspect of the problem is america is literally dying because americans are dying and not being replaced the fertility rate is around 1.7 births per woman you need 2.1 to maintain the population so we're shrinking we're losing americans every year and then we're only growing because of mass immigration which is really not good. And we'll talk about that in detail. We have over a million immigrants arriving every single year. Uh, and everyone knows shrinking population is no good. So they say, okay, we'll just bring in a bunch of immigrants. So the problem has been identified. The solution has been atrocious, frankly. Um, let's talk about immigration a bit. To me, I think you know it's a touchy subject because I'm the son of an immigrant. I think almost all of us listening here can trace our roots back to an immigrant. But it's a false equivalency to say that immigration in 2023, mass immigration, is the same as the immigration of the past for a couple reasons. First off, I think 120 years ago, when immigrants were coming from Ireland, Germany, Italy, wherever, there's a lot of differences. One, America was not a superpower at that time. We were a poor country, a developing country, and they were coming here to build it. They built the cities, built the railroads. Uh, today, America is the richest country in the world. So you're coming to an already extremely rich country and, and asking to benefit from the system. You know, We don't need these immigrants. They need us. Back then, America did need these people to come over here and build the nation. And it's also where are the immigrants coming from? Mass immigration from Ireland, when the country was majority made up of English ancestry, is a lot more compatible. You got much more similar values and ways of life and traditions, and it meshes easier. Uh, Even from Italy or Poland, they were pretty different compared to English, but a lot more similar to the English than a million immigrants from India would be. And there's this myth about assimilation. You don't have assimilation if you have mass immigration. If you have small groups of immigrants, they can assimilate. But mass immigration, there is no assimilation. That's a myth. You're just mixing paint colors and you permanently change the original paint color. So I think those are the two biggest myths about immigration. That is the same today as it was in the past. It's not, and assimilation does not happen when you have mass immigration. So we are trying to fix our population shrinking with mass immigration. And that's only part of the problem. Um, We're also just losing good people, right? We're not having conservatives and Christians are a shrinking proportion of the population. So that is really like the bigger issue to me. It's more about how many, that's that population. That's the one I care about. That's the one that's going to help make America great. So the solution is to have, Many more kids than you think you can, and that requires sacrifice. That is the sacrifice Americans should be making.
1: No, that's that's absolutely true. And I guess I'll I'll try them in here where the I don't know how how brash I want to be in calling it. I don't want to go out and just say like the propaganda apparatus, but that's the first thing that came into my mind is that we have this. Uh, the Americana that we have in our head is a man, a woman, husband and wife, and then they have two children and a dog and a white picket fence. Yeah. And we are, like like you just said, we are bringing in, I mean, people from other countries who are like literally just having having like anchor baby after anchor baby here and they are just just flat out displacing the native, uh, the the native population, and the Christian sect of America is just you know frankly okay having one kid, two kids, you know some people zero kids, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just a situation. It's just a situation where our, our our enemies have you know subverted us and defeating us without so much as is throwing a punch. They've just said. Oh yeah, you don't. You don't. Uh, you don't need to have a big family. You can have a. You can have a small family and just take you know this like little like. This little corner of like the nation, and we're just going to keep chipping away at your uh, your standard of living. You know, uh, mortgage uh, mortgage prices, home prices have never been higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, mortgage rates are becoming rapidly unaf- unaffordable for anyone under under the age of thirty or anyone who makes under like. 200,000 when like the average American salary is like 40, 40 something thousand dollars. And,
0: and right. That's another aspect of the immigration problem. Like these immigrants, these waves of immigrants are flocking to the big cities competing with Americans for those jobs, for those houses and those properties and you know, nothing against the immigrants. I understand why they want to come here. This is a good place. Like it's under completely understandable that they want to come to this country. The problem is we're we need to be thinking of our own country first, and we are not in a time or place where we should be accepting mass immigrants.
1: No, and that's where the that's where the topic bleeds into today when we talk about the sacrifices you're gonna you're gonna have to make to uh, to buck the trend because it's it's becoming. Increasing, increasingly unaffordable to have a uh, to have a large family. So you know you're gonna have to, you know, find yourself a good job, find yourself some find yourself some skills, and then ultimately, even after that, you're probably gonna have to like cut some corners on like luxury items or you know whatever, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses like activities like you want to do. You're gonna have to, you know.
0: Yeah, right. Because ultimately, the solution is we need. To- as many good people to raise good families as possible. There's a ton of good people out there and I want us to multiply. And that's what the gospel commands go forth and multiply, right? Yeah.
1: Be fruitful, and multiply, yes. be
0: fruitful and multiply. So all I'm calling on all good American patriots and Christians have at least four children.
1: Yeah. Hey, I got my brother open to at least consider, uh, dating when he said he was never going to, uh, you know, consider having a family. So, you know, everyone's at a different, everyone's at a different portion of life, but, uh, you know, we're working on, uh, we got to work on our people, our people who are cozy to our ideas or who are, you know, willing to be in the fight with us. You know, we gotta, we gotta help. You gotta take yourself and you gotta take a buddy with you.
0: Yeah. And like, and this is why I know we sound a little silly. Like you're about to have your first. I don't have any kids. We don't know how hard it is. It's going to be, it's super hard. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And you know, the experienced parents out there who have multiple children will tell you that, but they'll say it's worth it. So if you think you can only have one or two, think, you know, think more about that. Is that because you still want to be able to, to afford your fancy vacation every year and like, or, or you don't think you'll have enough space in your house? Like that's a big misconception too, that, you need to have a giant house to fit multiple children. Like not every kid needs to have their own bedroom. Back in the day, families, even just 50, 60, 70 years ago, families crammed into small homes, shared bathrooms. Like there'd be one bathroom in the house in many of these older homes. And yeah. There all, the, homes all, the, there.
1: All, the, all the houses built in the 60s and 70s. They're exactly like they're three bed, one bath. They're all ranch style. Like you see them all across like the- northeast midwest
0: yeah and there were easily four kids in there and so there will that's what i'm talking about where the sacrifices have been required in the past and this sacrifice you know you might not have quite as comfortable or as luxurious as a life as you would like in order to have more children but i think that's something it's worth making it's gonna making. be
1: it's going to be a fuller existence though. And I actually had a talk about this uh, the other day when I was on my, uh, when I was on my business trip. So I'd like to give you a, uh, a personal story into a snapshot of this. Let's hear it. So I was at a, uh, I was at a pipeline conference. I went to, uh, I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma on a business trip, very underrated town, Tulsa. Hmm. And it's, it's nice. I, I I like Oklahoma. It's a very you know wide open spaces, plains, prairie, cowboys. You know the whole nine. It's kind of like Texas North. Yeah. Like, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, weather there was fantastic. It was like eighty degrees like during the day, like fifty degrees at night. Perfect. But I go to this conference, and I'm I deal with people over chat all day because I'm chatting volumes that are flowing on the pipelines with people. And, you know, we're just typing out numbers, numbers to each other. It's just like texting someone like, like back and forth, like, oh, do you have my volumes? Yes, I have your volumes. I'm going to send the gas to this location. You're going to get it there, you know, fine. But I don't see these people's faces on like a day-to-day basis. So this is like, you know, everyone meets at a central location. A lot of people in energy are from Texas. You know, I obviously come over from, Uh, Tennessee. You had some people come down from the Midwest, but it was, you know, everyone convening on this location. And, you know, people don't want to talk business when they get to these conferences. They do. They do talk about a little bit of business or like what they have going on with their job, but like they want that human interaction. They just want to meet with a, with a real human being and like, see what they have going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I talk to you every day about work, like over a chat, like, I want to know, like, if you're a real person, like outside of like our like screen life. Yeah, sure. And so I start, I start talking to to people there, you know, my, me and my wife are newly married and you know, we, we have, we have a, we have a kid on the way we're, we're, we're Catholic. So we believe in, in having a big family. And I just hit it off with one of the guys who operates the pipelines immediately. He was, he's, uh, I think like 42 uh, he has like four kids um, and he just took a trip from Oklahoma with his wife and his kids in a in a minivan and they drove up the entire like East Coast. His daughter's 16. She's his oldest and they wanted to stop in in like Jamestown and like do a bunch of like historic stuff like up the East Coast. And like this guy like didn't even know, he he said he wanted to drive to the East Coast and like do like a a road trip. I think he said they spent like 11 or 12 days, but he didn't know his kids were in the history at all. And they just, he's, he just gave them the map and told them to use Google and like look up like what they wanted to see along the way. And they just went and did it as a family because he had time off from work. He took like two weeks off and he was only 42 years old. Like his daughter was, was 16. He could like go do activities with his kids because he was still in decent shape. And like he said, like him and his wife loved it. He said it's the best vacation they ever took in their life.
0: Yeah, wow. That's that is pretty young to have a sixteen year old. Good for him. That'll be you. That'll be yeah. That, that'll
1: literally be me. I, I I was doing the math with him. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm twenty five. I'm having having. I'm gonna have my first kid by the time I'm twenty six. Like, yeah, my kid will be sixteen when I'm forty two.
0: Yeah, and you'll be in excellent shape still if you keep up with your working out. Yeah, as the ex- American Redemption Way says, you must. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. We talked about this in the previous episode a little bit about there is a stigma against having kids young and there shouldn't be, it's a, it's a beautiful thing
1: for no, reasons I, like that. I, w- I went to a full conference of, of energy industry people and all, all, all of them were giving me positive things about having, having kids young. The one guy was, was a, a manager at one of the largest, uh, like oil and gas companies. And, um, I don't, I don't know what his like background is, but he said he only had two kids. He had, he had twin boys, but he had his kids when he was like 25 and he was like, yeah, I have, I have a ton of energy to, to spend Mm -hmm. time with my kids now that I'm, and I have a, a lot more time to, you know, pursue things with my wife and do all the things that I wanted to do. Like when I was younger that like we sacrificed yeah. for when we had kids, but like now all I have is all I have is time. My kids are off at, off at school and.
0: Yeah. Good know. for him. Should have had more than two though. Two needs to not be the norm. Like if you're having two, you're only exactly replacing. Yeah. Your parents. You gotta, yeah. gotta grow the population of good people. Um, and now there's an, there's another side of this. that's very important that we need to touch on. So we always talk about, like how conservatives have more kids than liberals. Christians have more kids than atheists. Uh, That goes hand in hand. So you think eventually we're just going to outnumber them and they'll become extinct, right? You would hope. But the problem is they are very good at indoctrinating and converting our people. So that is where big progress needs to be made. In addition to having more kids, they need to be raised well and strong and not... Turned to you know become liberal atheists by the culture, so that is the tricky part, and I don't know how you do that. But I think one movement that is getting a lot of attention is is making sure you have more parental influence and being wary of the public schools and of peer influence. The ideal is to have one working parent, the father, and then the mother staying home. And then she could be much more involved in what's going on at school or she could homeschool or do co-ops or whatever, many options. But that is just as important as having a lot of kids is making sure that they stay in line with having good family values.
1: Yeah, people get this, this notion that, you know, oh, if, if a mother, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. If a, uh, if a mother's a, um, a stay at home mother or, you know, with, with the kids like that, oh, she just like does dishes or like anything like that. No, a a good mother is, is a hawk over those children. Mm -hmm. A, A good mother, like, like sees everything, knows everything that, like that the kids have going on, knows every like little detail about each little one, like. That's, that's insanely important. And that's what we need more of. We need, we need more, we don't need, we don't need helicopter parents, so to say, just consistently like looking for things that like your kids are doing wrong or doing, uh, doing bad and just trying to like point the finger at them. But you definitely need parents that are, that are self-aware and can, you know, just kind of. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Aware and involved. And yeah, it's important to mention like this is the ideal. The ideal is that the mother's home. Uh, That's not to say that she can't do some sort of like working from home to some degree, but it is just a lot to ask a a woman to be a full-time worker in an office and the mom at home and have all those responsibilities. And it's a recipe for stress and probably not being able to do both 100%. It's true. Because it's not that women can't work and be very successful is that there is something far more important for them to do that no one else can do. Literally no one else can do.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like if, how do I, how do I want to put this? If you have someone that, you know, can't give a, can't give a hundred percent into, into something, well then the, those who are receiving that action aren't going to get everything they want out of it. And, you know, if you can't put time in the, into something with like the children and like the next generation, well then, you know, you're selling yourself short now because you're not giving hundred percent into that situation. And then you're selling the next generation short. And this is just a, it's like a habitual pattern. Like it'll, it'll keep continuing and yeah. then, then yeah. they'll get though. And they'll resent you and give less and give less to, to their kids. Cause they feel like they need to keep like, getting ahead. And it's just going to be a a downward spiral. It's really a disaster what they've done for this country. Right.
0: So yeah, the, the point is to make this country better, the priority, the focus needs to be on having lots of very good children, Christian, conservative, good values. And from there, you know, that those will go out there and multiply as well. And like pretty soon a couple generations, we have a bunch of people like us out there doing good things in the world. It's very powerful. Um, and it requires sacrifice. You know, it wouldn't, it won't be easy to, to make this the focus, but it's what the country needs. You know, there might not be as many really nice, fancy vacations. Maybe you can't have quite as fancy of a house, you know? maybe you have to work some longer hours now and then to get that promotion. It's definitely a sacrifice. Definitely will be hard. Yeah. And it would be hard to see what everyone else is doing. Like I have coworkers who like, you know, they want to be two working parents and only have like two kids. And so they're able to afford all the fancy toys and the super long, you know, vacations abroad twice a year, even. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be hard on the kids, too, to, like, see these other kids who are going on these fancy vacations and have all this nice stuff. But then when they're older, I think they realize that the biggest gift is having multiple siblings.
1: Yeah, and, and just having a relationship with their parents. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a, a real thing as, as well.
0: Yeah, and, for sure.
1: Yeah, like, But, I mean, that's just part of our like Christian ethos. Like you can't like fill your, fill yourself with like material things. Cause if, if you are like, you're just, it's not to say that you can't have things and enjoy moments in your life. You, you most, you most certainly can, but at some mm-hmm. point, if you're just, if you're just filling your life with material things to, to fill a void because you don't have a relationship with God, like it's, it's, it's all for naught.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. Like, what are you living for? You know, if you treat yourself every now and then, that's great. That's good. But you shouldn't be living for material things. And that is a depressing way to live.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's not to say that like, I mean, you, you, you have a kid, like they're your own flesh and blood. Like you'll, you'll want to give your kids like everything. You'll want to give your kids like the world. And like, there's like a, there's a, a balance there where you have to like, give them things to like help move along in the world. And like, you also have to like, let them, you know, learn what work ethic is and what it, what it's like to, to, to fall down and take, take lumps mm-hmm. in like the road to life, but then just be there for them when like they need to like, get back up. It's like what the church is for, for all of us. Like we're building our own domestic churches when we're building family, like, you know, your church community is there for when like you sin and you fall on your face and you need help getting back up and getting back in there. It's the same thing with uh, parents and like their children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's something Jordan Peterson says about having children that I think is really cool. He says, you know, a good relationship with a child, And, you know, once they're an adult or really throughout the whole life of the child and of your life too, the real joy of it when they're young is it allows you to re-experience childhood, which sounds very fun, you know, just re-experience that childlike joy. But when they're older, the really special part is it gives you the chance to have the best relationship you could ever have ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is sad how many attitudes, bad attitudes, there are about having kids and, and when, the when
1: when someone culture. says, yeah, you know, when someone says something bad about about children, or like, oh, like my kids, like it 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 just it just puts such a sour like taste yeah. in my mouth. My coworker was telling me like the funniest story today that like his his daughter always likes. Uh, sneaks like downstairs and like the middle of the night and like they have to like get up and like chase her around. And so they told her that if she could stay in her own bed for like through the night, like they would let her like bake brownies like the next day. And and, like he said, like he left for work at like 7 a.m. this morning and she was just like peeking out like the door of like her room and like he saw her and she was like, Daddy, is it okay if I come out now? And and He was was, like, yeah. And she was like, "Yay, I get to make brownies today.
0: And it's a win win he's getting some brownies i know so that's funny uh, yeah it sounds like uh free entertainment having a bunch of little kids <laughs>
1: uh, that, that that that's just that's just like such a wholesome like
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you if you don't take away from that story that that's like the funniest thing that that guy had happen in his day like
0: yeah we were talking about um some of the guys at work in my office we were when we had the softball team, the one guy, our pitcher brought his four daughters and his wife, all were all young to the game. And they were like cheering him on, even though we were losing terribly, they That's were like great. doing cartwheels for him and stuff. Um, and then we had this guy who does the joke of the day up on the whiteboard every day. And like, apparently a couple guys like go home every day and tell their kids the joke of the day. Like they, they without fail. They remember the joke. So cool stuff.
1: That's great, man. That is that is really good. It's it's those little uh, little things every day that like make it like all worth it. I've seen I, I saw a clip from like I saw a clip from Matt Walsh the other day when he was talking about like what it means to to be a man and it, and it's mm-hmm. just when a guy comes home and his wife's there and like he, he walks in the door, he comes home from work, like she gives him a kiss. Like he hears his kids like run from the other room and they're like, daddy, 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 like, look what I did like today. And like, he gets that, like, he gets that pure bliss of like those few moments where like, or mm-hmm. like he's King, like he came back, he returned, he's, home. King. <laughs> he, he, he's King. He returns home from like whatever trials and tribulations, like his job or like his day put him through. And like everyone there is just like happy to see him. And, you know, uh dependent on him and just once once his like once his attention and like it it really is like if you really like dig into like the just the psychology of it like it is like the most like satisfying thing if you think about it just to yeah be to be needed by somebody it's whatever it's what everyone craves in the world is just to be to to be to be loved and like that's that's an exciting thing and like yeah your 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 kids rely on you, and like, and you have to love them unconditionally.
0: Something Matt Walsh does that I think is hilarious and totally how I want to be. He just like messes with his kids. You know they're so easy to prank. He'll just like, he'll trick them and like, te- you know, just mess with them. Um, which some people might think sounds bad. I don't know. It's just hilarious. Like he'll just like, mess with them. And kids will believe anything. They're so gullible.
1: It is though. I don't think. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it makes them uh, makes them think. The, yeah. It's just, the it's better just funny. You can, it's
0: entertaining for him and, and like, oh,
1: like you said, it's instant entertainment. But like I saw something the other. This is wild. I'm going I'm going a bit out of bounds here, but we'll kind of bring it back. You got in. it. The age of like potty training has like tripled since like- Dude, the- I saw
0: 16. this too.
1: You saw this as well? I
0: saw this exact same thing.
1: That's absurd, dude. Like I'm, I'm thinking about it and like we just have- You have to introduce your kids to things at, like, at a younger age because we've had all these scientists and all these peer-reviewed studies that like tell you you have to like coddle your kids and, and yeah. wait to a certain age for them to experience like certain life events. Like some dude, kids- The thing
0: I saw though was trying to say- that it is correlated with the rise of disposable diapers.
1: That's very true. Like big, before big, they
0: were using reusable and Big Diaper wants to sell diapers for longer. So they've that's, like- That's real. Pushed, yeah.
1: That is real. Big Diapers will get you out here if you don't- uh...
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, all these these diaper companies too are, are all-
1: There's a million of them, dude. They're all
0: like supporting abortion stuff. Like there's- Brianna was telling me about this. Like they're all like terrible companies that are supporting pro-choice groups. There's like, and then, so someone started like a pro-life diaper company.
1: Well, well, I mean, I mean, think about it because if, if you, if you, if you have an abortion and kill a child and say like, oh, I'm not ready. Well, even if those people decide to like have a, have another child later, they're, they're older and they have, they have less energy. And they want a uh, one-click fix, which is the uh, disposable diaper. You just you just take it off and you put a new one on. It's it just creates more waste, and there's no, you know.
0: It is. I guess though, maybe that's their strategy. I don't know. It does seem like really stupid. You think diaper company would want there to be more babies out there, not less? But
1: they want no base babies.
0: They're just bad.
1: Very bad. Probably a bunch of microplastics. We should have. Oh, I'm
0: sure. We should have Dude, Johnson sure talk are.
1: about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How
1: is that mic- guy doing, by the way?
0: Johnson's doing very well. He's uh, studying hard.
1: What about uh, What about Tony?
0: Tony is doing just fine. Doing dandy. That's good. He um, still, re- still, you still concerned about him? Worried about how he'll survive in the world? <laughs> function in the world
1: i'm i'm not because every every couple every couple days i feel like i have a moment like him mm. he, he reminds me way too much of my of my of my young self it, it really it really concerns me
0: that's that is concerning <laughs> very concerning um, yeah brianna was listening to the episode about the backpacking trip and didn't know tony's real identity but was cracking up at that part where you were talking about him,
1: <laughs> I, I I love him to death. I I wish him well.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's doing, he's good. He'll be, he's doing well. He's working hard. He works at Walmart. Greeter? No, not a greeter. He's a uh, stalker. I think
1: he'd be a, he'd be, he be a great greeter. Honestly, like
0: <laughs> he would hate. He would not want to be greeting people.
1: He would greet people with like like.
0: A a stern, stern hello
1: with like a stern hello or like a Roman salute or like a. Like, <laughs> do you have a mo- do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?
0: That be actually we should tell him to switch to being a greeter. That'd be I, awesome.
1: I agree. I think he'd. Uh, I think he would really turn Walmart around. Honestly.
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, he was he's already one of their star employees, and he's only, he's only part time. But they put him up. They put him in an advertisement.
1: That's, that's fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just on their Facebook page, but pretty good.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's close out. I had another question I wrote here that we really didn't get to, uh, talk about. All
0: right. Yet. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: What's, uh, why is there a, uh, why is there a masculine urge to take on challenges like this that are kind of like bigger than, hmm. bigger than ourselves?
0: Like fixing the country?
1: Like, fixing, fixing the country. Like, yeah, like the – I don't know. We didn't really ever get into, like, the whole, like, how often you think about, like, the Roman Empire saga because literally all our listeners only ever think about the Roman Empire. <laughs>
0: so, Even yeah. our 20 percenters.
1: Even our 20 percent, Yeah, like oh, – Which, God. by the
0: way, that's up to almost 30 percent.
1: That's that's literally insane. But, like, no, <laughs> if you took, like – if you took our our listeners in, like, compared – them to the to the average population and how often like they think about like their own mortality and like the roman empire and like american american greatness and uh the holy roman empire like it would be a two standard deviations above the rest of the population because it's a, we
0: have, it's a phenomenal audience yeah. because
1: we have a phenomenal audience and like i don't know there's just there's just something that, that we're missing from our society, like fundamentally like right now. And that's like that, that fraternal belonging to something bigger than ourselves. The country's Mm. having a bit of an identity crisis. Um, there's a lot of different people coming from all different, all different angles. Um, but they're all kind of telling us the same thing. The people on the picture box, the, the, the news media, all sides, by the way, that, you know, the country's going to, going to hell in a handbasket for various reasons and you should be upset and there's really nothing like you can do about it. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to be upset and I am going to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> you listen here, boomers and Gen Xers. I will not be upset and I will do something to fix my country.
0: Boom. That's the spirit. <laughs> Dude, that's an interesting question though. Why do we? Why are we drawn to wanting to fix these big, big problems? I think men just want to get, want to fix things.
1: I think we, do. I mean, there's just a desire. It like comes with like the territory of having children. It's like, you want to leave a legacy and, and leave a, leave a country that's better for your children. Leave uh leave a financial situation that's better for your children. It's just like.
0: Yeah. And like, we want to strive for greatness. We want our country to be great. We want to be doing great things.
1: Yeah. It just.
0: It's, it's a certain kind of individual. You know, the kind that listens to us to this episode that wants to be excellent, as we talked about in the last episode with Nathan.
1: Yeah, seeking, seeking excellence. So we we brought it, we brought it all the way around.
0: It's all very cohesive.
1: That guy's doing amazing stuff, by the way. What a, what a
0: guy. He's, he's a cool dude doing a lot of good stuff.
1: All right. I think that pretty much wraps up the entire episode for, uh, for today
0: for our call to action, which I don't even know. It's more of a longer term call to action. Really? This was the whole episode.
1: Yeah. It's like, you you gotta, you gotta start sowing the planting the seeds here to, uh, to live a life, a life of, of, you know, self-sacrifice, a life that's really worth, worth living. You know what I mean? You don't want to, Look back in twenty years and say, "Oh man, I, I wish I wish I had uh, more kids, or I wish I had bought uh, more land, or I wish I had um, taken a chance with that girl in my church group, or something like that." Mm-hmm. Like you 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 gotta our, you don't uh, want to
0: have what ifs?
1: Yeah, with with these these bloodlusting people running our country and calling for you know like war by the day more more war and more weapons like by the day we can't just sit by by idly and just you know let let life you know pass us by at some point like some people like say like oh well it's 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 never too late but at some point like it's it's gonna be too late for us to make an, an impact in the world so we gotta we gotta lean in and we gotta stay hard and we gotta focus focus on it now In the here and now, there's no time while you're, while you're young and you have, you have energy and you are willing and able to, uh, buck the trend on the system. So there's, there's no time like the present.
0: Right on Steve, right on. Let's go. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please like and rate or whatever this podcast you can, whatever you can do on the podcast app you have, share it. Um, and, uh, yeah, leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.